Welcome to Direct Impact, where we discuss the various ways our mental health and quality of life intersect. I'm your host, Andrea Epstein, licensed professional counselor, master's addictions counselor, and certified sex therapist. Think of our time together as focused self-reflection mixed with insight, passion, and empowerment. Now, take a deep breath. Now let's dive in and see what impacts you today. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Andrea Epting with the Direct Impact Podcast, and this is Candid Conversations. We are so excited to be launching our Candid Conversations, and I hope that you enjoy. And, you know, whether you enjoy them or you hate them, I want to hear about it. Um, it's just a way that we grow and we develop as a podcast and bringing you the content um, that's life-giving and making an impact on you and um, the people around you. So like, we really want to hear about that. So let us know as you're digesting and taking in our candid conversations, like what you like, what you don't like, what you want to hear more of. It's important to us. So today we're having a candid conversation with Gregory Martin, and he is an amazing licensed professional counselor. He is specializing in um, compulsivity, works in the realm of sexual compulsivity, uh, pornography addiction, and also gaming addiction. And he's also the producer of our podcast. So we love having Gregory on and getting him behind the mic. So today, in a conversation with Gregory. What do we want to talk about, Gregory? All right. Today, I really wanted to pick your brain on social media, the pains, the gains, the woes, and what you actually like about it. So I want to start with kind of how you engage with it and has that changed over time? Yes. Uh Yes. Answer that. Um, okay. It's really like a loaded question. I'm trying to think of like my very first experiences with social media. And I think initially my um, feeling about social media was it was intrusive. Um, I think just being a very boundaried person and already being like in the field of mental health and addiction recovery, it just felt like it was lacking in boundaries. And like, I just felt very exposed yeah um especially as a professional it was like it was a little off-putting to me i as social media developed and gained traction and it became something that you could utilize to reach people mm -hmm. and connect with people and gain new information um i have definitely seen the benefits of utilizing it for you know knowledge an insight about like, for instance, our listeners about potential clients, about things I'm interested in. So for business, mm -hmm. I have found a lot of value in it. Um, however, I can be completely transparent and honest and say that over time I have disconnected with that personally. Um, and I have hired other people who are much more, technologically savvy and just kind of like have that background and that understanding. They're just like really good at using social. So I just mm -hmm. like, I've backed away completely. I let, allow them to do their good work. That's their highest level zone of genius work. It is clearly not mine. I'm yeah. horrible. So it kind of gave me permission to back away from it. And on a personal level, I still just I don't engage with it very often unless I'm posting something really for me, mm -hmm. not for anyone to see, yeah. but it could be like pictures from a vacation or something that I want saved. Yeah. And I feel like social media is 
I won't say safe for that, but I feel like I'll be able to access it if I lose everything. (laughs) So, I mean, like just for me personally, that's how I engage. And I definitely don't see as a clinician, social media is like good or bad. Mm -hmm. I don't. Um, I think it's just important that we understand how we want to engage with it, how we use it and like know ourselves and they're like, what's healthy for us, what's working for us, what's not. Um, Speaking of that, I actually wanted to see your experience with you grew up not with social media. Correct. What was it like to in to be at the time where people had that much access to you when you went through a portion of your life without that much contact all the time and that much access? Yeah, I think that's part of the reason why it was like systems overload for me, I, you know, and also like I'm ADHD. It's just like, it's a little, it's one more thing. And it's one more thing that I didn't really need. And like I said, I just felt like it was intrusive and invasive, but I, it wasn't the norm, you know, it was something new. It was something that people were very suspicious about um, initially, yeah. but you know, I've got an 18 year old and I've got a 16 year old. I've got one who is 18 and has zero social media accounts Mm -hmm. and is only now starting to ask to get one so that he can post his animation and get feedback. So again, like going on to utilize it, you know, for positive like purposes and reinforcement and learning. And so, and then I have another one that, you know, spends a little bit too much time on TikTok. We've had that conversation lately. And, and again, it's not about good or bad. It's about like, your investment of time and energy and what is that how is it feeding you like what is it communicating to you what are you taking away from it consciously or subconscious i actually really am glad that you brought that up about your 18 year old because i recently have put a ban on myself from doing youtube shorts i didn't like where my brain went i didn't like how i felt after i would just find myself scrolling I have heard that like 10 times mm-hmm. um, in the past two weeks yeah. is the YouTube shorts mm-hmm. and, and people just saying like, I've had to put some blockers up mm-hmm. to prevent me from, you know, just getting distracted and getting sucked down that rabbit hole. Yeah. Yeah. Like, tell me your story with social media. Like, you know, you're much younger than me, yeah. probably grew up with social media or were introduced to it pretty early on. I think it was around middle school. I think when MySpace came out for me, Okay, so okay. that's what that I, I did MySpace to a point, but even as someone who struggled with this for probably most of my life, it's just so easy when I have struggles with self-worth when it is so easy to invest it in something else. Mm -hmm. And then when you don't get that attention, then you start to feel bad about it. So as Twitter, Facebook came out and then Twitter and then all the different branches of social media. So we were talking when I was into high school, early college, I tried Twitter for maybe a couple months, not even when it came out, it was after it's been established. But then when I, w- I think I only made like one tweet and if mm-hmm. and the one person didn't even engage with it or respond, it's like, I took that personally. And then I was like, what am I doing here? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I am prone to hero worship. I need to not be here. So that's how I cut it. Ooh, prone life. to hero worship. Yeah. What a great insight. So, I love that. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't like myself when I saw that, my reaction to that. So I was like, yeah, uh, that's not for me. Yeah. Yeah. Or you know, those neural networks were kind of like set and you could get sucked down that rabbit hole pretty easily. And you found that. Yeah. yeah. Paying attention to other people's lives more than you're paying attention to your own. 
That's what I found mm. myself doing. So. And I think that we can get caught up in that so quickly. Hey, listen up. You don't want to miss out on this. Wise Mind Enterprises and Lightning in a Bottle Digital Courses are offering direct impact listeners deep discounts of up to 25% on their course offerings. Say what? 25%? That's right, Edward. Just visit www.lightninginabottle.biz backslash courses to pre-order and save big. These courses are carefully curated with you in mind. Hey, Madison, did you know Lightning in a Bottle works with credentialed licensed professional psychotherapists to create life-giving content that is sure to make an impact? I did, and I'm super excited about their new courses. Me too. New digital courses include The Antidote to Reactive Living, Healing Body Betrayal, Escaping the Perfectionism Paradox, Essential Truths to Support Your Recovery, just to name a few, and with more life-enhancing courses coming down the pipeline. And if 25% savings still leaves you on the fence, well, how about this? The first 20 people to pre-order will receive 50% off a second course of their choosing. I don't know about you, but I need at least two of those courses. So visit www.lightninginabottle.biz backslash courses today and enter the promo code IMPACT to receive massive savings on valuable courses. Oh, side note, Lightning in a Bottle offers more than just courses. They offer a recovery and life enhancement community, and they are always interested in hearing from you. If one of these courses didn't resonate with you, well, let them know what you're looking for on your journey because your voice is valued and vital. All righty, my friends, pre-order or engage with Lightning in a Bottle at www.lightninginabottle.biz. Invest in you today, and don't forget your promo code IMPACT. I've been on a media band, so it doesn't mean that I don't hop on social to post something or you know, for a purpose and come back off. I probably, in all, in all honesty, I probably, if you added up all of the minutes that I spend on social media annually, it would probably come to less than an hour, uh, maybe two hours. Yeah. So, but that's because I've, you know, hired people to do a much better job mm -hmm. and utilize that in a way that's, you know, productive. I have found that I really can get sucked into media like news and things like that yeah and so i put a ban on that like around gosh it was before covid it's probably been about five years yeah. that i've been without media and you know and i get all of that judgment and criticism um especially from people who are addicted to media <laughs> and say things like well aren't you interested in what's going on in the world uh, and, so usually the go-to and right? i can um say that well one my personality type, and if I'm being really honest, no, I'm not interested in what's going on in the world. It's just like, um, you know, I'm an Enneagram 8. Honestly, like I've got too much going on in my own world to some degree that I'm like that that interest really is not there. But, you know, I too can find like if I do get sucked into newsreels or a crisis or you know something coming out i remember the one thing i got sucked into in my five-year you know ban i'll say or detox was um there was that shooting um in vegas mm -hmm. you remember that I, the, I do yeah and mandalay bay i just i was glued to that tv for like i don't know 12 hours and i was like what is happening yeah but i I was like, this is why I don't watch it. And mm -hmm. it gives me the sense of powerlessness, unmanageability, out of control, because my personality type wants to help. It is like the advocate of 
small people underdog, right? Mm -hmm. Like that is like my personality type. Like I want to defend, I want to protect, I want to take care of. And when I see that much pain in the world that is out of my control, it it, it just makes me sick. Mm -hmm. So I've had to disconnect and I've been much healthier since I've done that, but that's a personal decision. Yeah. You know? One thing about social media that definitely terrifies me, that I don't really have an expert opinion on, but uh, just the concept of uh, echo chambers. Destructive mm. and narrowing people's perspectives, they can be. So try to avoid that as much as I can. But for me, it has been easy. I wouldn't even say I've ever need to do a detox because I put the boundaries up pretty quick. Okay, good for you. So what what do your boundaries look like? So it's kind of, I'll just go to how I use it now. So I only so if it's a YouTuber and I want to see updates or something about it, I'll check their Twitter. I don't have an account, so you can still see like the news posts and stuff like that. But for me, it is certain people talk to me through Facebook Messenger, and that's mm -hmm. my biggest point of contact. Not even texting, just okay. Messenger. And that's all I have that for. I feel like I should just delete my Facebook at this point. But other than that, it's just, well, I guess, do you consider just using YouTube in general social media? Or is that just a video platform? So, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, depends on what videos you watch and what content you watch. And if you engage in the communities and you engage in like the polls and things like that, you can feel more involved and it's a way more social platform rather than just consuming content. Ah, okay. And what does that offer you? You know, because when you are using it like a social platform and you're engaging, like I have to assume, this is an assumption, so I'm going to ask, it gives you a sense of connection and belonging and socialization and things like that, yeah. right? So there's a danger with that, and there's a word for that, and that's what kind of concerns me. Um, I know of it. I don't try to participate in it is the what is it called parasocial relationships okay when I, it's just i don't know how i feel when a youtuber or something like that just says i love you like as to their audience and then uh, so, so and and i think they um genuinely yeah. i really really do because i i hear uh i mean i do listen to podcasts <laughs> i love podcasts I love the information. I feel like I'm engaged and my brain is engaged. It gives me intellectual stimulation, things of that nature. But when podcasters will, you know, say to the audience, I love you. I know that that's coming from a very genuine mm -hmm. place because they love the gratification that they get from offering something yeah. amazing to their community. Mm -hmm. And I believe that they do have a love for their community, but they don't know the people. You don't know what the audience, what each individual audience member is going to do with that statement or that information. Absolutely. It gives me some a cause for pause. And quite frankly, the first time it just gave me the weebies. I was like, Ugh. yeah, that just kind of felt a little again, just, um, you know, toxic. But but I do. I believe that in most cases, it's very genuine, very heartfelt love. Yeah. and appreciation and gratification but yeah like you said you just don't know the way that people are going to interpret and hear that information yeah. and we want to be cognizant i guess of that i'm not sure my stance on it but i sure like asking the question yeah so yeah well how do you feel when you hear it i just wonder how sincere it is or if it's just that's the trend of what people do on the platform so i need to partake in that trend as well uh, Okay. 
Okay. And I think what comes up for me is I don't even hear them talking to me. I hear them talking to an audience. Yeah. And I don't, and I, I, I guess I just, I feel like an individual most of the time. I don't feel like part of an audience. So it just kind of like flies over my head. But then when I think about some of the people in the way that might land on their ears, it's kind of like, Ooh. so I don't know how much that you, you know about Twitch and chats and like YouTube streaming and then they have chats. How do you, well, if you don't know, that's fine. But how do you feel about like when streamers address their chats as a whole? I mean, it's obviously a group of individuals, but they just address it as a amalgamation of people and they refer to it as chat and attribute personalities to their chat. How do you feel about that? Well, I feel like it's, you got to be really careful cognizant when you're making like any type of like blanket statements or just addressing an audience as a whole yeah i i feel more comfortable personally and i don't have a lot of experience in this yeah. i don't the information that i do have is from my 16 year old daughter who right. loves her gaming oh mm -hmm. my gosh like she's so totally into it mm -hmm. so i do understand about twitch and the chats and and how all that plays out but i just i feel like um again you know when you feel like it's blanket statement or it's just like to the audience that can be a little dangerous yeah you know or just know who you're talking to like are you talking to your audience are you talking to one particular person like right. what are you doing very true well thank you so much for talking to me about social media today thank you gregory you're awesome and again like you know so much more about this than me but like the one takeaway that i want for the direct impact audience is to just you know be willing to notice what social media offers you yeah. and how it impacts you. Um, because if it's impacting us, we're impacting others. And so mm -hmm. we always want to be mindful of the direct impact, right? Yeah, exactly. All right, guys. Yeah. Thanks so much for um, the candid conversation. And thank you, Gregory. Right. Thank you so much. Does anyone else feel like they just earned an extra brain wrinkle? Do you feel like that went by way too fast and just cannot wait till the next episode? Then leave a review and share this episode with a friend, a loved one, a coworker, or whomever because your valued feedback makes a direct impact. Thank you for dropping in. Snaps to you because you have made a direct impact by listening to this podcast. Make sure to follow us on social media and stay tuned every week for a new episode of Direct Impact with Andrea Epstein. Here is our disclaimer and legal language. Yes, I'm a psychotherapist, but guess what? I'm not your psychotherapist, and I need to be clear that this podcast is solely for enhancement, education, and entertainment purposes only. It is in absolutely no way a replacement for professional counseling services. If you feel like you need additional support, we strongly encourage you to seek that out today.